listening to the Weekend Sports Kickoff every Friday from 2 to 5 p.m. on X106 and streaming live from the TuneIn app. Andrew Botwinick, Austin McNorton, Nolan Brooks, and your host, Jacob Blair. All views and opinions expressed in today's show do not reflect KZLX, KNWT, or Northwest Missouri State University. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. Welcome into the weekend sports kickoff, Northwest Missouri State and Maryville. And first time this year, we can say we're one week away from football season. Northwest yes. Missouri State takes on Missouri Western on Thursday, six days from now. We got to see this team in, in somewhat of a game situation a little bit at a scrimmage yesterday that got moved up to four, so I don't think all of us were able to get out there. I think a lot of us planned to, and then and some things happened. But I know, Austin, you were able to go out there. What, what did you see with that team, with the scrimmage? What, what did you like you know, with what they put on the field yesterday? So, yeah, it was interesting the way that it was set up. Um, they had the white – so it was a green and white, and – Everyone wearing a white jersey was an offense, so they ran out the first-team offense, and then a green. everyone in green was defense. So they ran 1v1, 2v2. And so it was interesting to see those different dynamics. Um, but defensively, this is going to be a really good football team, a really good football team. I mean, they were making and, – and we know. We know how talented this offense is. And we saw – and I saw yesterday Isaiah Strayhorn make a couple of plays. Braden Wright tried to make a couple of plays. But truly, fundamentally – this defense is very sound. I didn't see very many mistakes. Anyone get – I mean, there's some talented receivers on this team, and we, we heard um, transfer students um, – Don Adele mentioned quite a bit. Um, he's going to be an electric part of this offense, but really defensively didn't let anyone get over the top, kept everyone in front of them, defensively made the right reads, made the right um, adjustments, and – offensively Braden Wright it was a struggle it was really a struggle and I think it's that's important especially when you go into a road game at Missouri Western defensively you can't have any mental mistakes if if Missouri Western makes a play um just an incredible play call a trick play or something you know unique that's fine but you can't give up any oh I I forgot to cover him there he goes or oh I missed a tackle or he broke out of a tackle and from what I saw yesterday that's not going to happen with this defense. It's not going to happen. And even last year, this defense, the defense for Northwest has always been sound. Last year, they only gave up 14.5 points a game. This was a defense that let up average per rush was 2.5 yards on defense. You're not going to get a first down if you're only giving up 2.5 yards every single run. It's solely relying on the passing game at that point. And if you know it's going to come down to the passing game, you're going to be able to be ready for that. You're going to know it's coming. You're going to be able to stop it, as Northwest clearly has been able to do year in and year out, giving up, once again, 14.6 points a game. That's incredible because they score 36, almost 37 a game. Yeah, I think this Northwest defense is nothing new. Um, coming into the season, we really – They've, they've set this bar for themselves where you expect them to come out and really perform and be a, another top-five defense. Um, the big question mark was how this offense is going to do. Uh, you got your second-year quarterback, Braden Wright, in there, you know, and he's he, he's got some more experience under his belt, but it's it's kind of hard to gauge how he's going to do against his own teammates because yeah, yeah, his defense is not going to light him up. They're not going to pressure him the normal amount, but – I mean, from what Austin saw, apparently he was 
having a, it might have been an off day, you know, have, have some jitters for your first almost real action, and, and that happens, but um, I, I, I don't think we should be worried about this offense at all. I know at first you got to have question marks that's part of it, but I think this offense is going to come out and perform, and, and uh, you're going to see a very good Northwest team. And I think the the biggest thing with with what you know, at least I heard yesterday, wasn't able to be out there watching it. But the the Bearcat Radio Network, which will have all the games this year, will have the home games here as well on KZLX. But I was able to listen. Is you heard a lot of new names, so the, yes. there was there was there was some there's you know like a guy like Eli Dallas who was playing high school football last year. Very rare here at Northwest. A very well-known name. In very this well-known area. name in this area, but at Northwest, <laughs> you don't see a lot of guys not take their redshirt year, the freshman year. He's going to take his red. He, he's going to play this year, is what it sounds like. And, and we heard his name. You mentioned Donadell. You're going to hear his name. But then there, there's some other guys as well. You have a, a Kent State transfer in Justin Rankin, who's going to sit behind Isaiah Strayhorn and, and add a lot to this team. So it was a lot of guys that either. You didn't hear a lot from last year because they were young. Trey Washington had a, had a really nice interception last night. So you, you get some of these names where it wasn't quite the names you were expecting to hear in that in that scrimmage. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was some younger guys and some of the new new faces stepping up. So I think that was the big takeaway for me from the scrimmage is that the new faces have already put themselves out there to, to be a big part of this program this year. And that's kind of what you want to see. I mean, you know there's going to be some holes that need to be filled. One being specifically at running back, like you just mentioned, Joshua Caldwell losing Sean Bain at the wide receiver spot. These are holes that need to be filled. And yesterday, yeah, I know it's a scrimmage, but Isaiah Strayhorn and Donna, they were making plays. I mean, they were making plays against what Nolan was saying, what Andrew was saying, is probably going to be one of the best defenses in this conference, if not the best defense in this conference. And so to be able to adjust, maybe, maybe find those guys to fill that role. And even if Isaiah Strayhorn's not the guy, it sounds like he's got a guy behind him to maybe take that pressure off him to say, I mean, if I make a mistake or, you know, if I'm not feeling 100%, I feel confident that I have a guy behind me who can, this offense can just keep on rolling, keep on rolling, even if I'm not able to play at my best. And when Isaiah Strayhorn's at his best, he's going to be able to make so many plays for this offense. He's going to be really fun to watch. And I think that's another advantage of this Northwest program is that, um, yeah, they do have a lot of new guys and a lot of new fresh faces, but that's a lot of uh, moving parts that you can switch in and out. And uh, we're starting to see more programs, even at the NFL level, having a very deep depth chart to be able to notice that, okay, well, maybe my running back one or my wide receiver one's not having a good day. Um, you know, not take them out of the game fully, but be able to move some pieces around and have guys that know that they have to step into that role immediately. Um, this Northwest program, even though it's been a few years since they've been in the national title game, still an elite program. And to get the shot to be in this program, they know that they have to step up and um, maybe that's what's I'm even sure you mo- saw it. I'm sure that's, that's motivation. Yeah, maybe that's even more surprising than seeing a guy like Eli Dallas who's in there. I mean, you talked about how lead of a program is, and for him to maybe already start to be making impacts for this team, I think is really impressive to see. I mean, I you guys got the luxury to watch him on the football field. I watched him on the basketball court. He's truly a talent, and so for a a hometown guy to maybe already be potentially making an impact, I think is really exciting. 
I think another thing too is yeah, there's a lot of younger players, but I think that honestly works out in Northwest's favor. There's not a mm-hmm. lot of film on this team being able to plug and play in whoever you want. You've got players like Latroy Harper who are coming back, who are already the second, third best receiver on this roster. He's coming back. You've got players that stepped up in the spring game and take that with a grain of salt because it was the spring game. And Gus Gomez yeah. played incredible during the spring game, and he he's coming back. He I think he believe he's now a redshirt freshman. He's only going to get better. This this receiving core and is still young, exactly. but there's not a lot of film out on them. And if you're Missouri Western coming into this game, you have no idea half of this roster because all of them are new or, or transfers or, or people that have just been plugged into new positions. And even the film that you do have, have on some of these guys, like let's take Braden Wright, for example. They have film on him, but he's only a sophomore. I mean, that's only the first part of his game. He still has three years left. Who knows what we're going to see this year that we didn't see last year. So even some of the film that you have on some of the most impactful guys for this team, that film might be outdated for what we're going to see this season. And with the the new guys on this team, it, they're going to instill a little. There's going to be some different wrinkles. So you can't go back to True. last year where years past. Yes, you know you you know what you're going to get with Sean Bain, a four year player. That there's a lot of new pieces, a lot of those transfers that are going to get time. Missouri Western doesn't quite know what we're going to see, and then you know there was probably someone from Missouri Western up in the stands last night watching that game. They probably didn't learn a whole lot because, you know, you look at one thing, the, the offense was able to move the ball, just struggled to get into the end zone, but it was going up against the Northwest number one defense. So you, you saw good things from, from both sides of the football, but it, it's going to be interesting to see what this offense does this year because, like we said last week, defense is going to take care of itself. That, that's what Northwest is, is, you know, it's their pride is their defense. It's going to be up to the offense that I think I – you know, 24 points. If they can get 24 points a game consistently, and they may hit that number, but that's because they're going to have some games this year, like always, where they go put up 50 or 60 points, but they need to get to that, I think, 24 is where you'll feel comfortable winning a game by a couple possessions when you go play at Missouri Western. If you don't get to that 24 on Thursday, you're going to be in a ball game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's we, – we, we touched on this last week – to open up your your schedule with your biggest rival on the road is always going to be a test. It doesn't matter uh, what records may be. I mean, you could have put this the scheduled game five or six weeks in, in the middle of the season. It won't matter. It's always going to be a tough road test. The MIAA is one of the hardest conferences to go on the road and actually perform and get a win. And, I mean, last year – when these two teams played each other, it was only 28-6. to six. So they hit that 24-point mark, like like you said, last year. So, um, But granted, that was here at home. So to go on the road and do that, I think, is really going to be the test. Um, you're going to see these young guys that we have all these new pieces around here um, really get a good glimpse of what it's like to play in the NYAA. I think, I think this is really what they need. It would almost... It almost wouldn't benefit them if they would were to play a team at home in the first week and they win 45-7 to seven or something. I don't think that would benefit them. To go on the road and play your big rival and to have a true test week one is going to be great for these guys. And uh, you're going to find out real quickly what this team's identity is. And, uh, I mean, we know about defense, but as far as offense, it's really up in the air what you're going to see. 
I think it's funny too that you guys mentioned 24 points being that that marker that you're going to because the last time Missouri Western beat Northwest was six years ago, almost seven years ago now, and back in 2012 it was a 21 to 20 game. Northwest didn't get to that 24 mark that would have won them that game, but since then they've scored more than 24 in every single game the last six seven years, and that's why they're on a six game winning streak in this what is what is essentially a rivalry game, even though it hasn't been nearly as competitive in the last four or five years. And I think it was last week where I said four scoring possessions. You get to four scoring possessions, you win the game. That's all the that's all this defense will need. And last year they didn't get that. Every game, and those were the games that, that they struggled in. I mean, this is going to be just such a fun environment. Are you are any of you going? I'm going. I think I'm going to go. Gonna so it's it's going to be. I good. get to sit in a studio. I know what Jacob's doing. <laughs> I knew I knew what Jake. But it's going to be crazy. So I'm reading here. I'm kind of like, ah, what's going to be like the drawing attention for this crowd? This is their 50th season for Missouri Western. They're going to be wearing all gold uniforms. They're going to be handing out gold T-shirts. And here's another interesting stat I did not know about this team. They haven't lost a home opener since 2011. This is a team. It's going to be packed. There obviously will be some Bearcat fans there for sure, but it's going to be packed on both sides. That's a great environment, and that's why some of these new guys that we've been talking—I know we've been talking about new guys this whole time—but some of these new these new guys, it's going to be so much fun to see how they live, how they play in that environment. When in high school, they might not have had ha- just not even had half the amount of people that it will be there tomorrow or on next week. And one thing that did come out this week was the the national rankings. You get those preseason mm-hmm. rankings. Northwest ended up number six on those rankings. The only other MIAA team was Fort Hayes State at eleven. But then you got go down to the other teams receiving votes. Pitt State received votes. Central Missouri received votes. Central Oklahoma received votes. So we we talked about the MIAA being a really good conference. Maybe not overloaded at the top, but that that second tier level of teams. Instead of there being one or two, there, there's now four or five teams that sit there. So that makes it that much tougher when you when you go play those opponents. And I think Missouri Western ended up getting a couple votes as well. And not to get to the top 25, but, but got some votes in the poll. So you've got a really good conference. They come in number six. And Valdosta State was the number one team in the country right now. So this team... I think it's good they start number six. I think similar to last year, they might be a couple spots high just because of the history of this team. But I think right now, the way they sit, they're they're probably a top ten team in the country. Oh, definitely. Northwest is always going to be considered in that running. But um, if you if you take, I think I saw me and Sam were looking at something the other day where they had Northwest offense up there in the top of the entire Division two for their offense. So I mean that that's I mean that's that's surprising to see after after what we saw last year but I mean they have I know it it's hard to say that we've upgraded in a way but we have up I mean north not we I'm not a part of the team but Northwest has upgraded in a way where they've got so many more options now whereas you know the last couple of years we've had four or five guys where you rely on them almost every other down and now you just have so many more options, you know, bringing in transfer running backs and bringing in fresh faces at wide receiver. I mean, didn't we say we had three or four wide receiver transfers? I mean, that's 
that's a very, very good addition to the team. And there's even a lot of those guys that I saw in the second unit that I think could come in in special situations as well that look just as capable as some of those guys who may be on the first team right now. Yeah, definitely. It's So this team is an upgrade from what we've seen before. It's a, it's a machine rather than relying on the same guys and you're going to see a lot of I think you're going to see a lot of moving parts and Mo West is definitely going to prepare for that and like you said there's probably somebody at that scrimmage last night watching the moving parts all over the place and it's going to be a fun game and real quick we'll go ahead and transition to Northwest Volleyball because the MIAA poll preseason poll for them came out this week Northwest Missouri picked fifth out of all those MIAA teams for volleyball, and, and this is a continued improvement for, for the volleyball teams. And you, know, you had a really good season last year. You come back this year. Washburn ends up number one on that poll. Nebraska Kearney two, Central Missouri three, Central Oklahoma four, and then fifth is Northwest Missouri. So they will kick off their season for this volleyball team. They'll have that first set next Friday. So we're we're on air next Friday. First result for volleyball will be in. They'll, they'll be starting that second game as they start their first tournament of the year. So an exciting time for volleyball. Sports start next week, guys. So we, we've been here. Yes. We've been waiting. School started. I feel like we've been doing so much pregame and so much pre-research. And it's like, can we just get in the arena? Can we just get out for the football field? I can't wait. And we started school <laughs> a little bit earlier this year. And I, I think that I think that's it what threw it, all of us off. Yes. It just kind of put us in a woe. Because <laughs> previously, you'd show up to school and be like, that Boom, Thursday. Here we go. We'd start Monday. That Thursday, you've got, you've got football games, volleyball games, all sorts. We get back. We've got a couple weeks. And now we finally, next time we're here for the weekend sports kickoff, we're going to have stuff to talk about, <laughs> recap a football game, yeah. talk about some yes. volleyball, and, and, and we'll be ready to go. For sure, definitely. It's going to be a, a juicy Who's next on, Friday. You're on the call for that volleyball good. game, correct? The first home game, which yeah. is all the way September 18th. That's yeah. a long ways away. way away. Okay, okay. Long <laughs> way away. You got time to prep. Yeah, we, 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 We've got some... Sports are starting, but unfortunately, they're all away games. Yes. All the Northwest team, teams go away. It'll be middle of September before they get here to Northwest. But we'll go ahead and take a quick break here on the weekend sports kickoff when we get back. It's week one of college football. We'll talk about some of the games that happened last night. We've got a whole slate of games to talk about on Friday, and or, that'll be later tonight and then tomorrow. So stay with us here on the weekend sports kickoff. You're listening to the Weekend Sports Kickoff on X106. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Kickoff. Jacob Blair, Andrew Botwinick, Nolan Brooks, and Austin McNorton with you. Live on KZLX, also streaming live on KNWT's Facebook page. It's time to talk about Week 1 of college football. Northwest starts next week, but Week 1 for Division 1 is this week. And we had some games last night. So some big-time teams had their opening game, and there were some some big-time blowouts. Yeah, one of them. Was, one of them was a game. Yeah, there, there was. I think yeah, one. There was one one decent game, but but some of those top teams in the country ended up playing last night. Number one, Clemson. They took down Georgia Tech, fifty-two to fourteen. Texas A&M beat Texas State, forty-one seven. Utah beat BYU, thirty to twelve, and then UCF took down Florida A&M. With a fantastic score of sixty-two to nothing, so so, so some big-time blowouts for some, some good teams. But <laughs> sometimes you get that week one. I know uh, Austin and I on our sh- on my show yesterday were talking about the spreads for this game, and the UCF game was forty-five and a half points for UCF. And we we're like, "There's no way they beat him by more than 45. We like, ah, I mean, I don't know. It's a, it's a 
early game, week one, surely they won't put up more than 45. And oh. Boy, we were oh. wrong. Oh. <laughs> a little off. Yeah, just a little bit, guys. But um, this is... This is week one of college football. I mean, this... It's what you get. Th- yeah, I mean, are you really surprised that Clemson put up 52? No. We I all mean, knew that. That's a that's a conference uh, opponent, though, so I mean... But it's Georgia Tech. Yeah, I mean, but... It's not, it's not, they did it's not score the upper 14 echelon points. That's more than I thought they would score. I mean, I'm surprised UCF put up 62. I, I think, that's what surprised yeah. me. But I think with the Clemson game, the bigger question is: Is Trevor Lawrence really didn't have to do a whole lot of, of playing football? No, he had 168 yards. He's so, like, all right, that's good enough. You know, one, one thing we haven't talked about, which we'll get to here later in the show, is the Heisman situation. And you, have, to me, you've got to have Trevor Lawrence on that list. But being on a team that good, you don't end up playing a whole lot, so you don't have quite the stat line. But Travis Etienne definitely did for that that Clemson team. With 12 carries, 205 yards, and three touchdowns, so, so some big performances as well last night. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you go, he goes from fumbling the ball one play, and then the next time he touches the ball, he goes off for a 90-yard touchdown. I mean, and that's that's what I think what makes this Clemson team so dangerous. And I know last time we were kind of joking, saying is it already over? But I mean, this team is just so good because they have the best quarterback, but. In a conference game, he doesn't even have to play that much because he's or have to do that much. I mean, he only has 168 yards because he's like, we're able to run this ball game. That's fine with me. Just hand it off and watch him run 90 yards down the field. That's all. That's him. I mean, if Trevor Lawrence does that every single play, I think he's fine with it. Rather than saying, well, here I go. Got to come out. Got to make a play. And I think obviously next week he might have to do a little bit more of that playing against Texas A&M, who's one of the going to be one of the better teams in the SEC. Clemson is so deadly because defensively, you ha- when you're on offense, you have to play perfect against this defense or else they're going to make you pay. They're going to sack you. They're going to make you turn the ball over. And then when they're on offense, they have so many different guys where it's like, oh, man, how are we going to stop Trevor Lawrence? How are we going to stop their wide receivers? Now how are we going to stop their run game? They're the number one team in the nation for a reason, and they proved it last night. It's time we also move to start talking about some games this week as well. Games that might not be blowouts. No, as very we, good games. We do have one. We do have one ranked matchup this week. It is number eleven Oregon is going to take on Auburn? That'll be Saturday, six thirty on ABC. Games taking place in Texas in AT and T Stadium. So kind of a neutral site game for these two. But this is probably the most interesting game of the weekend. You've got an Oregon team with. A uh, Heisman candidate at the quarterback position, and then a, a solid Auburn team there in the SEC. Yeah, definitely. Uh, when me and Austin were talking about this on Tuesday Takeover, it was a very, very hard choice to try and pick out of these two. Um, every year, Auburn really tends to surprise a lot of people, and uh, I mean, it's no surprise that they're ranked 16th. I mean, granted, we've seen them start out higher before, but they're still a dangerous team. Um, one thing that kind of worries me about that Oregon team is that they are not going to have three of their best wide receivers uh, for week one. That Three of them are sitting out, and so that's three weapons that is not going to be there. And um, this Auburn defense is very, very stout, and I think they're going to take advantage of that, but I also feel like Oregon's going to take advantage of that true freshman quarterback in, in Auburn. So it's... 
I don't think we're going to see a barn burner or by any chance it's not going to be high scoring. It's going to be a close game because you're going to see a lot of offense kind of dwindle down and it's going to come down to their defensive play. So it'll be a good one. I know Auburn is, is favored in this game if the if the line is still exactly what it was yesterday when we were talking about Austin and I. I think it's like three and a half for Auburn. It's but up to four now. It is four, four now? To Auburn. Okay. I was going to say because the most recent article I'm seeing about this game is what uniform Oregon is wearing. <laughs> and and that says exactly what you would expect from Oregon. Marketing. They're worried about the game, but in the back of their mind, they're like, we know we're going to be ready. We're Oregon. We, we've been on the national stage before we know how to play at, at a high caliber level we have justin herbert who like you said jacob is going to be one of those heisman contenders early on in the season i think oregon's going to roll in this game i think that auburn is consistently one of those teams that is high up in the in the rankings but through the middle of the season they start to slump a little bit and they slide down and then towards the end of the season they, they work their way back up again this is going to be uh, and you talked about oregon feeling like they've been there the last time that they were in AT&T Stadium, Marcus Mariota was their quarterback, and they lost the first national championship game of the college football playoff to Ezekiel Elliott in Ohio State. So here's a team where you feel like they've been here, and um, they feeling confident. I think the biggest thing in this game, it comes down to the quarterbacks. That's what I think the whole reason that Oregon is in this position that they're in starting out this season is that Justin Herbert elected to come back. I mean, this is a first-round draft pick, no doubt. And I think he's a guy who's going to lead his team to meet expectations for this season and maybe potentially put the Pac-12 back into the college football playoff hunt, whereas last season that conference was not mentioned really once. And then you look at Auburn and Bo Nix, and Bo Nix is, so in high school, he won uh, back-to-back 6A state titles in Alabama, which is no joke. That's pretty legit. And so it's interesting for Auburn because you see in the SEC, they get absolutely pummeled by Alabama. Everyone says, Gus on. he's got to go. We can't beat our in-state rival. It's time for him to go. He can't compete in this conference. But then in the bowl game, they go out and absolutely obliterate Purdue. And you're like, well, I mean, that's a pretty good way to end this season. Let's see what's going to happen. So I think this is going to be a really interesting test to maybe see into the light of each of these teams this season. What are we going to see from Auburn in the SEC, and is the Pac-12 back in the title contention? Two things. Austin's leaving early today, so we had to make sure to get his Ezekiel Elliott reference in for the day. <laughs> to get one. He in. got it. He got it. <laughs> there it was. Yes. Second is... <laughs> Until the Pac-12 proves to me that someone wants to take charge and be that team, I can't pick a Pac-12 team in this game. I've got Auburn just because the SEC is – I think the SEC this year is back to where they were four or five years ago where they are the conference. As I said it last week, I think there is a possibility you get three teams out of this conference into the playoff just because it is that good this year, and I, and I think Auburn will, will – get this game and until Oregon or Washington or Utah shows me that hey we're going to be the team that's going to take the Pac-12 back to the playoff not going to not going to roll with that pick quite yet yeah and I that's why I think this is going to be a it, it's a toss-up but when you start to look at it um a 16th ranked Auburn is a lot stronger than I think an 11th ranked Oregon I think I think being in the SEC and still getting into that top 25 kind of proves the strength of this conference. And they're going to be a dangerous 16 spot if they stick around there. 
and they're going to compete in the SEC. I think Oregon could, if they play the right way, could run the table with the Pac-12. I mean, this is the first time we've seen them have this much like national um, maybe attention for how good they could be in a, in a little bit. Um, so keep your eye on that, but I think Auburn's going to win this game. It'll be close, but Auburn will win this game. So real quick, Andrew, Austin, who do you guys have in this game? I'm Real actually going to lean with Oregon. I'm going to lean with Oregon. I'm right there with him. All right. So, panel split. split. <laughs> That's what we like. We like that. Game number two on our slate is an interesting game. It might not end up being all that interesting, but I think beforehand it is a little bit. Houston will be at number four Oklahoma Sunday. It'll be a Sunday game at 630 on ABC. And, and Oklahoma, again, you've got Jalen Hurts there. It's going to be an interesting team, but Houston was a decent team last year. I think at least during the first half this could be a game. I think Oklahoma will, will make it not much of a game in the second half, but I think Houston's got enough that they could, could cause a little bit of problems. Well, I think definitely one of the huge advantages for Houston is the fact that Dana Holgerson is now their head coach. I mean, this is a guy who at West Virginia knows Oklahoma, knows what they're going to probably do, has experience facing this team. So I think exactly what you said is a very likely outcome in this ball game. A close game. Dana Horgerson knows the scheme. They're going to be prepared well. And then when it comes down to it, they'll just be out, outplayed, outskilled um, in terms of talent. And Oklahoma is a 23-point favorite for this game. But I think Houston, I would take that the under. all day to, to have them cover that. Because also there's a lot of question marks with OU, especially with Jalen Hurts at the quarterback. So there's oh, – Houston. I expect Houston to keep it close, closer than what is predicted. I think, yeah, they Houston has De'Eric King, who, who was a phenomenal quarterback last year. He put up some incredible numbers. But on defense they had Ed Oliver, who was arguably yes. the number one pick through the majority of the season. They don't have him this year. That defensive line is not nearly as stacked as it was last year. And that's really going to just help Jalen Hurts. And I think Oklahoma rolls, maybe not by the 23-point or 25-point spread or whatever they were at, but I think Oklahoma's going to have a convincing win here, first season, or first game of the season. And this is a Sunday night game, too, so that's maybe a little bit interesting. And um, I, I think this is a good test for Oklahoma right out of the gate. Houston team proved that they were pretty good last year, and Houston was very – I mean, they're in, the, they're in the polls for a while. So they were a good team, and – you know, they lost a few key spots on defense, like Andrew said, so it's going to make it difficult, but it's still a good test to come out, have a Houston team trying to get back into it, and it'll be a good matchup for Jalen Hurts in Oklahoma. So next game on the slate is I think all of us think Oklahoma, they might have a little bit of a challenge, but we'll, we'll take care of this game, is a rivalry game between South Carolina out of the SEC and North Carolina in the ACC. I think the only reason we're talking about that is because it's the two Carolinas playing each other, and <laughs> there's not great matchups this week. But if you're into that rivalry game, it'll be Saturday at 2.30 on ESPN. But this is an interesting game just because it's that rivalry, and rivalry games are always uh, fun when, when you get those you know two states playing each other. So I, I think North Carolina wins it in a close one just because they're at home. But – and didn't have a great year last year, but this is a hard game to figure out because you're still waiting for, for two teams to figure out who they're going to be this year. Definitely, and I agree with you. North Carolina ride the home field advantage. Um, you know, have, have fun. Have a rivalry game week one. It doesn't happen very often. You know, ride that momentum and go out there, and uh, North Carolina will get a week one win for sure. 
So this is kind of a reunion for uh, Texas coach Mac Brown and then Texas coach in waiting, uh, Will Muschamp. This is the first time they'll face each other. Um, and so I think it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of scheme against each other since they used to work together. Um, so ah, this is tough. I would probably lean towards South Carolina in this game. Um, I think Mac Brown might make North Carolina maybe more exciting than what we've seen in the past. But as of right now, I'm going to lean towards South Carolina. The Raptors won the NBA championship. <laughs> the Knights watch won in Game of Thrones. We the North, the North, North over South, nine times out of ten, North Carolina. There's not a better way to pick Boom. this game than that right there. Boom. Andrew wins today's show. We, we can call it. <laughs> uh, that's going to be it. We'll see you next host, week. <laughs> host of the show already goes to Andrew. Well done. <laughs> next Perfect. game is is – Austin and I were kind of thinking about games to talk about this week, and this is an interesting one, Boise State at Florida State. Neither team ranked. Florida State has been struggling a little bit. Boise State, we know that program is at least a solid program. That game will take place Saturday at 6 o'clock on ESPN. But just a, a two solid programs. Again, I think it's like the, the South Carolina-North Carolina game where we really don't know what we're going to see from either of these two teams. I think they're not. Neither of them made the rankings for a reason. Florida State because they've had issues winning football games, and then Boise State because they're out of, they're not one of those Power Five teams. But I think both teams have a chance to be good this year. I'm going to lean towards Boise State in this one, though. Whoa! Yes, <laughs> Florida State continues to have so you issues. Have no faith in the ACC then? No, the the <laughs> ACC is not a good conference this year. I'm, I honestly, you're more than welcome to disagree with me. But I honestly kind of want to disagree. I honestly kind of want to agree. Like that's what's kind of crazy about it is that <sighs> I'm going to pick Boise State as well. I, I just think Florida State's really kind of falling apart, and it's not going to be easy for them to try and put the pieces back together uh, this season. And this is not an easy game to start out with. This is not your, you know, Middle Tennessee or the Citadel. This is a tough, a very well-respected team outside the Power Five. And uh, I'm going to agree with the whole Boise State pick. Um, what? Three of us? Yeah. Andrew? Hey, I really like <laughs> – I've liked the Boise State program since Kellen Moore was there and he was tearing it up. So, I mean, I'll I really – I'll just plug the Cowboy. Hey. I, is hey, he going to receive anything for that? No? Nope, just to. me? Okay. I get a you, trophy. You, already, you took care of it. I get a trophy <laughs> at least. But I think this Boise State team is, is still a very solid program. And like you said, Florida State's kind of – kind of falling off a little bit. Um, this is going to be the game I think ESPN's going to talk about a lot. I think it's going to be a shootout, and you're going to see the replay of it, and it's going to be fun to talk about. So, Boise State. Just for you guys keeping track at home, Off My Rocker doesn't start until 441. <laughs> uh, but clearly it started here early. It's Florida State. Are you guys kidding me? That They have had the better program historically. Boise State's had a couple years where they've been phenomenal, but – their program is not nearly what it was 10, 15 years ago, and people are still holding on to that little bit of a glimpse in their whole history. It's the blue Meanwhile, turf. Florida State, has, <laughs> is, they consistently like drugs, jump man. in. They consistently <laughs> jump into Smurf the top turf. 25, albeit at the end of the season, but they're in there. They're there. So we'll see if Florida State can start the season well. Andrew thinks they will, as the, the other three of us <laughs> do not. The final game... That we're going to talk about here in this segment is the Monday game, 7 o'clock on ESPN. It'll be number 9, Notre Dame, taking on Louisville. I think this is a, a interesting game. It's one of those, I, I think, 
as I mentioned, with, with Houston and Oklahoma, I think it's a, a good game in the first half. Won't be in the second half. And I think Notre Dame runs away with it. Yeah, I'm going to take Notre Dame as well, but maybe. So the Louisville head coach, Scott Satterfield, he was an assistant coach in Michigan in 2007 when the first game of the season, Appalachian State, came and beat Michigan. So maybe he can kind of copy a little bit of what Appalachian State was doing and make this a closer game. I don't think that's going to happen, but, you know, it might. And I'm I'm (laughs) – that's a a very generous way to look at it. I think Louisville is – going to compete for three quarters honestly i think they could compete and you're super high on notre dame too i really like notre dame but i think louisville's going to compete for three quarters at home but then notre dame i feel like will outlast them energy wise and louisville won't be able to run with them as long and notre dame will will get like a 10 point win that'll be about it and they'll get a good test and it'll wake them up a little bit so notre dame i'm not gonna grab for straws it's the Fighting Irish. <laughs> they're they're top ten for a reason. This team's going to be knocking on the door of the CFB all season long. They're they're going to be right on the cusp of getting into that playoff spot, and, and they're going to win this game. So all of us taking Notre Dame, and we'll go ahead and take another quick break here on the weekend sports kickoff. When we get back, we'll continue talking college football again. It's week one. We've got more games to talk about. We've got some conferences to talk about. So stick with us here on the weekend sports kickoff.